Welcome to the teaching ministry at Calvary Port St. Lucie. Please join Pastor Matt and Ziano for the message, The Path. And so recently I started running again. It's been 10 years since I have run. I discovered with the added weight and the wear and tear on my body after serving in two tours of combat in Iraq, that something needed to change. So a wise man encouraged me to go to a local shoe company where I discovered the need for a special running shoe utilizing 3D image technology that would help me on my new journey of incorporating exercise back into my life. You see, the shoe provided better support so I was able to run in a way that it did not hurt me as much. And so I read this article uh, from Sports Medicine and uh, I'll just read you a couple little bullet points. Uh, running shoes are designed specifically for the sport to cushion and guide our feet and our ankle movement. The right shoe provides greater efficiency. The right shoe provides protection. Protection more so than a regular shoe. There's this word that I did not know until I went to this place for 3D imaging. It's called overpronation. It's what they discovered I had, um, where essentially I roll my foot too far inward as I run. And there's also supination, which is when you roll your foot outward as you run. So to be honest with you, there is value in learning about you and your foot and, and having this wisdom given to you. And, and it's important to have the right shoe. It's important to have the right gear. And so you see, we all have this life to live. You and I have a path to take and the right gear will help you and I to be the most effective. The right gear will give you what you need to make the right choices and the strength to get through, and I gotta say this, all that life throws at you. Let's be real. Life can be tough sometimes. But you know, when you have that right gear, God has a way of providing a supernatural peace. When it doesn't make sense, he shows up in a big way. Philippians 4, 7, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And just like the 3D imaging, I learned about my foot to help me pick the best shoe. I wanna go to the Bible so we can draw some foundational principles that we can use as gear as you and I take the path that God has for us. And so a little backstory, Proverbs written by Solomon and a few others around 950 to 700 BC where we can find wisdom for living. Did you know that the Proverbs covers folly, foolishness, sin, goodness, wealth, poverty, the tongue, pride, humility, justice, vengeance, strife, gluttony, love, lust, family, life, and death. Almost every facet of the human relationship is mentioned and the teachings are applicable to everyone and everywhere. And so we're gonna run right into the third chapter. So if you follow along in your hearts, read along uh, with me um, in your hearts, my son, do not forget my teaching. 
but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Our first point. Your personal study time with the Lord is critical for staying on the right path. And you know, we read it in verse one. It says, do not forget. Do not forget the word of God. Study. Study the word of God. This is absolutely necessary for an effective pace as you and I are in this life race together. Studying is absolutely key in growing. Not forgetting God's word is more than the ability to memorize. It is also connected with living in obedience. Now as a soldier, I learned obedience. But I gotta be honest, this was outward obedience. I had some leaders that, well, yes sir, in my presentation, but in my heart, man, I did not wanna listen to that superior. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's somebody in your life, a loved one, a superior, and they, they have some type of authoritative role in a situation, they tell you what to do, and you're like, uh-huh. But your heart, you're like, uh-uh. You see, this type of obedience that we're talking about is the obedience that not only outwardly obeys and honors God, but also inwardly honors and obeys God. Because guess what? God knows the condition of our hearts. It's not about the memorization. It's good to memorize, but it's living it. It's living out what you learn. I wanna reread verse two. For the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. There is a real benefit when we follow and obey God. In principle, in principle, obedience to God brings life and peace. I don't know about you, but just imagine extra days on this earth without peace. That'd be awful. But when we have the peace that God gives us, we can get through life good and bad. And when I read the Proverbs, I read them in principle, and that's how we should read the Proverbs. It is in principle. Because the truth is, is that some faithful followers die young. Some faithful followers live long and have strife in life. Because the reality of life sometimes is it's hard. But when we get into God's presence and when we pursue and when we seek him, he gives us exactly what we need to get through whatever life throws at us. Binding them around your neck and writing them on the tablet of your heart. Do you see the importance of this becoming a part of your life? It's what we must do in order to grow in our faith. And I just wanna say, principle right, is not an absolute promise, but a principle that we most certainly should hold on to. We will go through hardship, but God will give us what we need to get through it. When we find favor from God, I like to say grace. God's favor is definitely grace in our lives. And I just really wanna drive this point as your care pastor, 
here are some practical ways that we can grow in our time with Jesus. And so I wanna tell you about Blue Letter Bible. You have the ability to go to Google, type in Blue Letter Bible Tutorial and hit search. It will pull up the tutorial for you and it will help you navigate through some of the complexities of Blue Letter Bible. But at your access, you have all different translations, you have all different commentaries, you have daily devotionals, you have the meaning in Greek, the meaning in Hebrew. You really have the opportunity to really grow and it's free. Utilize Blue Letter Bible. Use gotquestions.org. Type your question in there and if you, you, you like the answer or you have a challenge with the answer, come back to one of the pastor's elders, somebody in your Calvary group, which by the way, Calvary group. Get into a Calvary group. Let the Lord speak to your heart through a Calvary group. These are principles, right, that we should follow. These Calvary groups are where my life was transformed. My life was transformed because of a bond of brotherhood and we loved each other and we're patient and call each other out. Get into a Calvary group. Maybe you're like, I'm good with God, but what about the person that can learn from you? You got the Ryrie Study Bible where at the bottom on the, on the notes, there's actual meaning of, of, of what the verse says. It helps you grow. I really wanna challenge you to grow in your faith. By the way, there's 31 days in some months and there's 31 Proverbs. Read a proverb a day. Wisdom. We can learn so much from the Proverbs because remember, it speaks to almost everything that you and I will face in life. We gotta move on, verse five and six. Listen to the beautiful words of Solomon to his son. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. You see, Solomon advised his son to live a life of trust. And, and just earlier, I mentioned the Blue Letter Bible. And so I went to Blue Letter Bible and I looked up the word trust and it showed me that the word in its actual translation means to lie helpless, face down. It pictures a servant waiting for their master's command in readiness to obey. Or Warren Wiersbe said, a defeated soldier yielding himself to his conquering general. You see, trust, laying face down, God, I trust you, I surrender, I'm waiting for my order. And with all your heart, not 52.12%, not 98.265, but 100% of your heart. They say a man who puts one foot on quicksand and one foot on a solid surface will sink, just like the man who puts both feet on quicksand. Get both feet on that firm foundation. You have that firm foundation in God's word. But wait a minute, Pastor Matt, how can I, a sinner, fully trust God? Well, from one sinner to sinners, covered by God's grace, thank you, God, for your grace. It doesn't describe an objectively perfect trust in God, but a heart and a life that does not consciously reject or defy God with unbelief, which leads us to our second point, trust in God. Counter to trust worry. Jesus in Matthew 6, in your, in your own time, go read Matthew 6 and, and read about worrying. And does it add anything to your life? Who takes care of the birds? Who waters the grass? Is it not God? 
trust in God. It is on God that you and I are commanded to depend on, not on ourselves. You see, the one who trusts in his own heart is making a huge mistake. Self-sufficiency and self-dependence have been the ruin of mankind ever since the fall of Adam. And we see this every day in this generation. Me, me, me. Me, myself, and I. The grand sin of human race is their continual efforts to live independently of God. And I had to add another point here. Trusting God with our heart means to acknowledge him in all that we do. I like this saying, all for the Lord. It is for us to live each day all for the Lord. Not another statement without follow through. A call to action. A call to purpose. A call to live like never before. But I have to be honest with you all. I had to be honest with myself in preparation for this message. It is our choice to invite God into our everyday life and conduct. Pastor Mike Lawrence, our Connections pastor, he's amazing. Just an amazing man of God, did a study on um, Mary and Martha for the staff. We did a staff devotion. And man, it spoke to my heart. Convicted. (laughs) Spoke to my heart. You know the story, and uh, you could read it in Luke. Mary was at the feet of Jesus and her sister Martha was wrapped up in all the details. She was so busy focusing on getting everything done and she missed out on being at the feet of Jesus. I want you right now to take a minute to think, what's more important? The never ending list of things that you have to do? Does the list ever end? Or to be at the feet of Jesus It is to practice the presence of God in the regular and sometimes routine things that happen every day. Because when we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our paths in the fulfillment of his will into what is right before us and pleasing to God. Because the surrendered heart truly, truly, truly delights in God's direction and in God's plan. One of the most frequent questions asked by believers is, how can I know the will of God? In principle, Solomon gave us an answer when we read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's when we decide to put our trust in the Lord. When we decide to not trust in our own understanding, but give attention and priority to God's revealed word. And we decide to acknowledge and honor God in all that we do. But wait, what if you're not in God's word? How are you gonna know his plan for your life? How do I know the will of God? Are you getting into the word of God? Are you getting into God's presence? God God was knocking on my heart preparing this message. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the busyness of life and Jesus is like, can you pencil me in at five o'clock? When we choose to follow the wisdom that we're given, we can trust that God will direct our paths. 
you and I can go forward in peace, believing that through his word, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of others in that Calvary group, through godly common sense, and through life circumstances that God will direct our path. Matthew 6, 33, again, Matthew the sixth chapter. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Sounds like you get into God's presence and God's got this. You see, we will walk along our way of life and realize that we've been on the path that God's called us to all along. But this passage doesn't mean that the path will be a breeze or pain-free. Think about Abraham and Isaac. Sacrifice your son. <laughs> what? In obedience, he continues on and God provides a way out at the end. Daniel in the lion's den, he was obedient. Not one hair on his body was touched. Noah with the ark, this one's my favorite. An ark, what's a flood? He was obedient, he did it, and God came through. You see, just a few trust in the Lord, but does it sound like the path is always gonna be comfortable? It may be tough at times. And just like running, told you I incorporated running back into my life, Whew, it could be tough, but the benefits, the benefits of running, extra energy, it improves mental health. It helps you with high blood pressure. It strengthens your immune system. It helps you with weight control. It strengthens your legs. It relieves stress and much, much more. And applying these God-breathed principles into our life brings priceless spiritual benefits. Pick it up in verse seven. We'll read seven and eight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Walk right with God by being humble. You know, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but there's a certain aroma that humility puts out. Something about somebody who's humble. Humility. What an amazing character quality that you can have that humility because walking with God rightly is walking in humility. And you see how it ties into, be not wise in your own eyes. The Bible, we use the Bible to interpret the Bible. It, it goes back to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Verse five, when we don't lean on our own understanding, when we're not wise in our own eyes, when we're not wise in our own eyes, we're not leaning on our own understanding. And the more that you and I draw near to God, the more and more that we get into God's presence, the more he draws near to us and evil goes. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You're going through a hard time, get into God's presence. You're going through a good time, get into God's presence. Every day, you should be in God's presence. And I gotta always personalize it with this health to your flesh. What does that mean? Well, for me, it's so true. This principle helped me heal after war. It is the absolute miracle of God. 
some of the things that I struggled with, God took away right away. Some of my addictions, PTSD, not so much. Something I still navigate through. But you know what? God equips you with exactly what you need to get through, what you're going through when you get into his presence. And when PTSD used to sit on top of me, by God's grace, I now stand on top of it. Praise God. I, I gotta be honest, you know, like I suffered with major depression and, and God really helped me through major depression. But PTSD is still, still something I navigate through. I'm okay with that. I get into God's presence. If that's the thorn I gotta carry, praise God. Sometimes he takes it away. Sometimes he doesn't. He sees the big picture. But we draw near to God and it's healing to our flesh and this lived out in my life. Time with God changes everything. My conditions still exist, but I have Jesus. He is my strength and he is your strength too. And whatever you're going through, maybe you're struggling with something in that department, God's got you. But remember, you gotta get into his presence. You gotta make your time with Jesus a priority. Verse nine and verse 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is the way that we should live out the principle of the tithe. Another practical way to show that you and I truly trust the Lord with our whole heart. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. We can do that by following the principle of the tithe, practically showing that we trust the Lord, which leads us to our fourth point. God is a great provider with inexhaustible resources. You know, some commentators note that honor has a connection with sacrifice. Give back to God, acknowledging that he gave it to you. According to the principle of the sacrifice of the first fruits, we give to God first our best, not what is remaining. And so Thanksgiving just happened and we had a beautiful spread. And so just for a moment, I want you to imagine that Jesus is your guest of honor. And so the turkey is on the table. The ham is on the table and all the fixings, the mashed potatoes, the turnip. Uh, there you go. Muffins, chocolate chip muffins, pecan pie, uh, sweet tea, cranberry sauce. It's all there. It smells so good. And, and everybody's going through the line. They grab their plate and they're grabbing everything. And then it's Jesus's turn. And he grabs his plate and he makes it to the turkey and there's like a little sliver of turkey, like not even enough for a fork. And he goes over to the ham and the bone's still there, but there's no meat. He makes his way over to the green bean casserole and it's full. Nobody likes green bean casserole. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Um, but he gets to the green bean casserole, it's all gone. He makes his way over to the pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. 
and there's one chocolate chip. Jesus goes and sits and he's got his plate with barely anything on it. Do you know that he's the one that provided everything in the first place? We should be giving God our first fruits. He's the one who gave us the means. He's the one that gave us the means to have our, our Thanksgiving feast and yet we let him eat last. Just chew on that. Personally, I'm not boasting. Um, I really just wanna share with you. I started following the principle of the tithe. Uh, September, 2013, when I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I, I am not saying that, man, the Lord has blessed the bank, but there's been times where I'm like, I'm gonna trust you, God, through this. But let me just say this. He has blessed me materially and immaterially in ways that, I can't even imagine. My, my little girl sitting in this service right now when she moved to Colorado because I blew it. God brought my daughter back. Blessed me with a beautiful bride. I've got my PTSD under control. I mean, God blesses. You gotta trust the Lord with your whole heart. Verses 11 and 12. My son do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof for the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So our fifth point is God corrects those he loves to get them on the right path. So I want you to think about this. Discipline signifies correction and instruction. Teaching or instruction is critical in showing us the way that we should go. Discipline is necessary to apply the teaching. And correction is helpful in bringing our minds into submission. When my little girl needs correction, direction, discipline, it is absolutely my responsibility to discipline in order to help her from a bad habit becoming habitual. Don't dread God's discipline in your life. You know, he allows some discomfort or affliction for many purposes. And here's some of the purposes. He allows the discomfort or affliction to expose a sin or something evil, showing the nature of a problem and providing a way for you and I to address it. He does it to discourage the sin and evil he also does it in guiding to the rejection of the sin or evil to experience God's best for you and I. You see, discomfort and pain or suffering comes in many different ways. God may convict you inwardly through the power of the Holy Spirit. It may come through a friend or an enemy. It may come through disappointing circumstances. Whatever way it may happen, you might not like it. But through it, God could be allowed to do amazing things in the life of a believer. 
You see, discipline involves teaching or training instead of punishment for wrongdoing. And so I'm a Florida guy, born and raised, Fort Lauderdale area. And so 20 years old, I'm on a plane to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. I have never experienced winter. It's March, I'm frozen. This is day one of boot camp, and I get off this cattle truck, and I've got a 50-pound duffel bag. I'm at the position of attention, holding this bag for three hours. And, and, and the guys in front, some of you know what I'm talking about, the guys in front of me and the guys behind me, we're wavering back and forth, and the drill sergeants are just waiting, waiting for you to blink, waiting for your eyebrow to move, waiting for you to wiggle a toe so they can come and let you know you need to lock it up. You see, that discipline was necessary. That discipline that I received from the very beginning was necessary to create a soldier ready for combat. I needed that discipline in my life to show me the way. I needed that discipline in my life to equip me for what was next. It's hard to see in our culture today when we look at the family element man, the enemy is tearing up families left and right. And I gotta be honest, I'm a product of one and I also created one. I'm not coming from this place like, hey, get it together. I'm letting you know, hey, I messed up. My daughter's growing up in a broken home, but by God's grace, I see her all the time. I get to do life with her. But Satan, man, is focusing on the family. Discipline is critical in the lives of our children. Just like the soldier in me needed to be directed, corrected, instructed. We have a responsibility as parents to discipline and love and train our children. The Bible says, train a child in the way that they should go and when they grow, they won't depart from it. And last night my mom was here and she remembers teaching me about Jesus before I royally blew it for 20 years. I turned my back on God, but because of that training she poured into me, I came back to the Lord. So for you parents who may have a prodigal, keep praying. Correction from the Lord is because of his love for you and I. I've heard it time and time again, I blew it. Pastor Matt, I blew it, I messed up. How can God love me? Seriously? Praise God, he's convicting you. You're being called out for something that needs to change because he loves you. Jesus said in Revelation 3.19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. One of the tactics of Satan and the enemy is for you and I to feel adequate about our sin. But it is our perspective that needs an adjustment because if you truly, genuinely from your heart said, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life. You have given your life to Jesus. You've surrendered. Romans 8.39 says, nothing can separate. Nothing, it's not a ticket to, to sin. Oh, I got God's grace, I'm going to the club tonight. I, I got God's grace, I'm gonna do the wrong thing today. No, it's a change, it's a change. It's a process and that process is taking place but you gotta understand, when you feel and hear you're not worthy, that's the enemy because God corrects those that he loves and so that conviction is God's love for you. Your perspective needs to change. I know it because whenever I would mess up, say, do, think, imagine something I shouldn't, I just felt so unworthy to be in God's presence. And he's over here going, son, I love you. That's, that's the message he's sending. 
Why is it that I hear, I don't want you, rejection. It's your perspective that needs to change. Because God loves us, he deals with our shortcomings. He deals with our weaknesses. He deals with our failure. A parent who really loves their children will correct them when they are wrong. My little girl, if she came over to me with a big old warm glass of hot cocoa with marshmallows and said, daddy, I love you and poured it all over me and all over the carpet. And I just sat there and said, it's okay. Do I really love my daughter? You better believe that little girl and I are, we're gonna march over to Publix and rent that rug doctor and she's gonna learn how to operate a rug doctor and clean the carpet. No, she did not pour hot cocoa. It was an example, but you gotta understand, I have a responsibility to train her. I love her enough to make her aware. It is our duty and obligation as parents to correct our children and the punishment should always fit the crime. The punishment should always fit the crime. Listen, the Bible endorses spanking, but there's a difference between being angry and spanking and spanking for correction. We have a responsibility to teach our children. We have a responsibility to show them the way. That's a huge responsibility. Let's work against the enemy, breaking the family element. And let me tell you this right now. Maybe you're in that boat and you're like, man, I blew it. So did I but God can make all things new. He can make beauty come out of ashes. And let me tell you something, he can do that in your life. You don't need to hold that spot anymore. There is freedom in Jesus. I want you to look at this slide from Warren Wiersbe. Sometimes he disciplines because we've rebelled and need to repent. Other times he chastens to keep us from sinning and to prepare us for his special blessing. No matter how much the experience hurts us, it will never harm us because God always disciplines in love. If, if you're getting corrected from God, praise God. He loves you. By way of review, um, do not forget my teaching. Study God's word. St study God's word. Bind them around your, your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Live it out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And God corrects those that he loves. These are incredible principles. These are incredible things that we can use to navigate through life. And uh, I've got a couple attitudes for Christ-centered living. Uh, the first one is determination. Walking in wisdom is not something that happens automatically. You and I must decide ahead of time to pursue godly living wholeheartedly. Focus. Next word, focus. To stay on the path of the Lord's will, we must fix our attention on God's word. And as we meditate on the scriptures and absorb its truths, our minds will align with Christ's and the choices will be lined up with biblical principles. Spirit sensitivity with determination to live a holy life and with close attention, again, to scripture. It's like a theme here, scripture, 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 scripture. We become more sensitive to the promptings of the spirit, our guide who indicates you and I where we need to go. Trust, sometimes the Lord's choice for us doesn't appear sensible. It may seem foolish or even require some sacrifice. But trusting in his perfect wisdom is necessary if you and I are to walk according to his plan. Courage. Some things God requires of us may cause us to react with fear. But as our trust in God deepens, 
Our courage grows and you and I can discover the joy of embracing his choice for our life. And then perseverance. It is one thing to start out on the right path. I really wanna drive this, really wanna drive this point. But maintaining this course for a lifetime is something completely else. By depending on God, we can persist and choose wisely over a long period. But you gotta persevere. You gotta push on. You gotta keep going. And I gotta be honest, the way in which you do that is get into God's word. Our last point this morning is walking in wisdom requires that we continually practice a few basics. Basics. Know God, trust him, listen, and obey. I gotta, I gotta ask is this your pattern for living? Is this the way you're living right now? A lifetime of godliness develops one choice at a time. And just like the 3D imaging provided a great shoe for my new journey, these principles are absolutely necessary for us to grow in our journey with Jesus. And so... Last night, the Lord led me to do something different. I'm just gonna do the same thing this morning. Um, maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Lord spoke to your heart about something. Maybe it was your quiet time. Maybe it was writing on the tablet of your heart. Maybe it's trusting God. Maybe it's humility. Maybe it's the principle of the tithe. Or maybe there's something that you're struggling with and the discipline. You've been thinking that it's the separation, but it's not. And so what I wanna do for you, if you fit into any of those categories, outwardly, I know, like when I stood before the general or the colonel or the captain, I saluted, I respected, but in my heart, God knows your heart. So, if you want me to pray for you, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand up. You don't gotta stand up. You don't gotta come up here and I'll, and I'll pray. Just pray over you. If you're struggling with any of these things, got you, got you, got you, got you. Awesome. Cool. Sweet. And, and the cool thing about this is, is that the Lord knows your heart and you're, you're doing this for the Lord, not for me. And so I just wanna pray over you guys. Um, and my prayer, I would also pray that you pray whatever it is that you're working through, you give it to God. Because I know this <laughs> in my life, God can make all things new. And so Jesus, you saw the hands of the people that um, were raised in this room. Uh, Lord, you know those things that maybe the message this morning spoke to their heart about, maybe their quiet time, or maybe their trust in you, or trusting in the tithe, or, or perhaps something going on in their life, and the discipline, maybe a parenting thing. God, you know what they need prayer for. And so I just pray over them, God. I pray that you would continue to do an amazing thing, Lord, because I know that if truly you are sought after, Lord, that you truly reveal. And so I pray that over them, God, that they would seek you because it's not about just raising your hand in this room. It's about what happens when we leave this room. It's about that pursuit of you, God. And I pray that they would pursue you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.